0: Is The Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead? Hello, everybody. My name is Chris, and my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 369, recorded on Monday, March 26th, 2018.
1: 369. What does that mean to you? It's just multiples of three. Three times two is six times three is nine. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> well, three times three is nine. Yeah, I got it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying.
0: Three, six, nine. Very good. It is a, it, there's something special about every number we do now, and I'm, you're always here to point it out, so that's exciting.
1: Uh, almost all the numbers are special, except for seven. I don't like seven. Not it's much kind of a annoying. number. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really, you know how to make seven even. Add one. You take away the S. hilarious
0: man all right podcast over everyone it's not going to get better than that (laughs) uh anyways it's 369 this is the talking dead we are here to recap in great detail season 8 episode 13 of the walking dead we will also read some of your holy crap did you see that moments towards the end but first i wanted to talk about our season 8 record your favorite scene contest one more time This is the contest we run each season where we ask our listeners, that would be you, to pick a scene from any season of The Walking Dead and record it with your family, with your friends, or by yourself, and then send it in. At the end of the season, Jason and I will listen to them all, debate furiously about our favorite, ultimately choose one, and then send the winner a big fancy prize pack full of good stuff.
1: Man, I hope this year's discussion on the winner doesn't you know, devolve into the slap fight that it usually does.
0: I know I don't really need to be involved in another, in another
1: slap fight. Yeah. We got to take our glasses off as soon as we sit down just because it might. Right. You know, cause yeah, you don't want to get into a slap fight with glasses. So you, no. you sit down, take our glasses off. We put on uh, smocks <laughs> because we don't want to get blood all over our shirts.
0: Right. Sit down across a card table from one another with a, yeah. an old school tape deck in the middle. And then I press yeah. play And we listen and debate and slap a little bit. And then it happens all over again when we listen to the next one. Yeah, this year hopefully is better. I hope so. I hope it goes better. Anyways, ultimately we come to a decision and you guys win a fantastic prize or the winner wins a fantastic prize. Uh, And I'm going to tell you all a secret again right now, everyone. For some reason... Season 8, this year, we've received a lot less entries than we have in the past, and um, I don't know why that is exactly. Maybe, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe people aren't just feeling as inspired. However, if you do get an entry in, based on the numbers, your chances of taking home the prize are better than usual. That's all yep. I'm saying. So get those entries in. If you want to get an entry in, send it to talkingdeadpodcast at com. You have until about a week after Season 8 wraps up which is about a month from now so you still have some time but don't dilly dally get it in now and then i can play it on the show and uh you'll be very excited as will i super okay let's uh, move on into our recap of the walking dead season eight episode 13
1: do not send us a stray hi i would like to adopt a dog but whatever you do, do not send us astray.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Daniel in Worcester, England, and Jim in Delaware. Who who doesn't want a stray dog? He does not want a stray dog. I don't really know how that has anything to do with the title of the episode, but I, I thought it was a public service announcement that we should make and help him out. Don't send him astray.
1: Yeah, a mutt is fine as long as it's not a stray. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah. Thank you to you guys for doing those title reads. If you want to hear yourself do a title read, again, just uh, read the title, record the title of next week's episode and fire off an email to us with the audio, and we'll play it here on the podcast if we can. All right, Jason, let's get started. The cold open this week involves Morgan. He is standing in the forest staring at a pickup truck. He turns around and he sees the recently deceased Gavin, or... I think we might as well call him Ghost Gavin.
1: Ghost Gavin is out. That's a good term. Well, unless you
0: have a better name for him.
1: Uh, not really there, Gavin.
0: Not really. Maybe maybe Ghostin? Go, something like that? <laughs> Gav Ghostin? I don't know. Anyway, Ghost Gavin's fine. All right. Not really there, Gavin. <laughs> it's pretty funny, too. Uh, and Ghost Gavin says to Morgan, you know what it is. You were supposed to. And Morgan yells no a few times, then swings at him with his stick, but of course he's not really there, so Morgan is fighting an apparition.
1: Gavin's got his own stick,
0: you'll notice. He does have his own stick, he's wearing a white shirt, it's covered in blood, and he's kind of got the hole in the neck still, so this is representation of Gavin as he looked when he was killed, although I don't think he was wearing a white shirt, but you know what? Blood on a white shirt is much more striking than on a dark blue shirt, for
1: example. Yeah. And that's why people wear white shirts in TV and movies, so that they can get blood on them. Right, 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 right. Of course. Yeah. And
0: you always know, you never mistake the fact that there's might be blood on someone if they have a white shirt.
1: Yeah. That's my wife's theory.
0: Yeah. It's good. White it's good... shirt, getting blood on it for sure. It's a good theory. Either your own or somebody else's, but yeah, definitely blood. Um. What do you think, Gavin? Ghost Gavin meant when he said you were supposed to? Who knows?
1: Yeah. I must Morgan's off. Have... Obviously insane. Uh, because it's one thing to see someone recently that uh, you. Well, he didn't really. He didn't kill him, but obviously he's on his conscience. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to see them. It's another thing to actually try and attack them.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean. I, Gavin was sort of yelling at him, and Morgan couldn't take it anymore, so he wanted him to go away, I guess, and
1: he I mean, swung that stick. we all sta- hear voices, we all see things of people that have recently died, coming back to tell you stuff, uh, you know, a la Hamlet, with his dad coming back and telling him uh, to kill his wife's new husband, that kind of thing. Sure, happens to uh, everybody, right? Uh, yeah, that always happens, but uh, at least, you know, I personally know enough not to attack that apparition. Because it's not real. I know it's not real. Sure.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: But But, uh, Morgan is a little bit insane, and
0: he just wanted Ghost Gavin to leave him alone, so he swung at him.
1: So, Ghost Gavin, I'm not sure what he meant.
0: No. It might
1: not mean anything, right?
0: I I must admit, I'm not really sure either. And, of course, Ghost Gavin shows up again later in the episode. Uh, Not really a lot of additional information is provided, so um, let's, let's... see what people think, and maybe talk about that on our feedback episode later this week a little bit. Sure, because sure. Because I'm not quite sure what Ghost Gavin was meaning. Anyways, after Morgan tries to attack him, he suddenly hears a cor- a car horn. <laughs> not a corn, not as, a, it, as it were? Not a corn horn or something, a car horn. <laughs> and he goes then to honk his horn, and this triggers the rest of the checkpoints to honk, alerting the hilltop that... It's on, as Jerry says. We we follow the trail back to the hilltop and Jerry's on the wall and he says it's on. So Rick honking the horn last week, it was, I think we are, we can safely say now that it was to alert the other lookouts and create the trail of horn honking to get back to hilltop.
1: So we can also safely assume that Rick obviously failed in his duty to start that horn chain honking. He did.
0: So this, but this must be the same horn chain that we saw Rick not perform in last week's episode. So are they just lucky that, you know, Rick skipped a horn and the horn behind him could hear the horn in
1: front of him? Uh, Well, I don't know if, well, Rick would have started the chain. Right, so somebody else spotted them, ah. but uh, how much time had passed between Rick spotting them or and not honking the horn, and the next person in the horn chain uh, spotting them?
0: Right, so um, so the end result would have been that the the saviors were just closer to Hilltop yeah. when the horn
1: started. So if we can surmise that Rick took what, half an hour to go into the basement with uh, with Negan and all that shit took place? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next horn. So they lost a half, uh, the Hilltop lost a half an hour of warning. Um, no, they didn't lose a half an hour
0: because um, they lost whatever time it would have taken the Saviors to drive from Rick's checkpoint to the next one if they were just
1: driving straight normally. Right? Yeah, but Rick didn't hear the horn. Right, so I assume that that whole that whole Rick Negan thing happened prior to the next person in the horn chain spotting the uh uh the convoy right so if if that if that
0: all took a half an hour, sure the next person didn't see them until half an hour later, but if that drive was only a ten minute drive, then really they're only ten minutes closer to hilltop, yeah, yeah,
1: well, whatever the case uh Rick failed to give them that extra you know, time to eat a sandwich, because 10 minutes is plenty of time to, to eat a sandwich. I mean, unless you're talking about a really big sandwich. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on the size of the sandwich. But generally, you know, a homemade sandwich, bologna sandwich, I'm thinking. you know, Bologna, <laughs> of course bologna you are. cheese with some mustard. <laughs> uh, that's, that's 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes of, of uh, bologna eaten sandwich time that uh, the Hilltop no longer has. Right,
0: right, right. Either way, Rick really should have blown that horn. Um, however, it does, it does, uh, tip off the saviors at, as well, you know, that they know they're coming. So it's not the greatest signaling system I can think of, to be honest.
1: No, get on the radio. You that, know, click the radio. We that, talked about this last time, but, uh, yeah, I guess the important thing is Rick failed is his duty. He was standing a post and he failed in his duty. And that's uh that's a big deal. He chose to not do his duty and go after Negan. And he talks about that
0: a little bit later, but. But you're right. Anyways, uh, Jerry alerts everyone that it's on and we cut inside at the hilltop and Henry is asking Ezekiel for a gun. He says he wants to go out and help by fighting, but Ezekiel and Carol tell him to stay inside and she says if he goes outside and fights, he'll die. No uncertain It's probably terms. true. It's probably true, but he doesn't listen. Um, We go into the hilltop medical trailer and... Sadiq comes in with a stack of blankets, he puts them down, and we are introduced to Dr. Dana, who gives him a hard time about not having enough knowledge to really help out. And after a bit of, you know, grumpiness on her part, Sadiq stands up for himself and says, stop asking me what I've done and start telling me what to do.
1: Yeah. He really, uh, he lets her have it, which is nice. It is nice. I think
0: she was being really kind of bitchy towards him, and- For no reason, because sure, she may not really know what his qualifications are, but he can easily explain that, and he does, and he's there to help. And God, you got to think like any
1: help at all is valuable help. Yeah. Do you know any anatomy? Are you afraid of blood? If the answer is yes and no, then, you you know, come on board.
0: Yeah. Do something. You can can be helpful here for sure. Um, But after he stands up for himself, she finally sort of... Starts respecting him, and I think she hands him a uh, what do you call that? Like a flak vest or one of those vests that the kingdom
1: people wear. It's a bulletproof vest. It's a uh, not a bulletproof because they're all bullet res- you know resistant. But yeah, it's It's not a flak jacket because those are like big heavy coats that you wear in okay. a plane uh, when they throw flak at planes during World War Two. This is a, you know bullet resistant vest. It may actually just be like hockey shoulder pads or something like that? (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's hockey shoulder pads. It might be, you know, riot gear, but I I think it would stop a knife or would stop uh, a low caliber bullet, hopefully. Sure. Well, he gets that and uh, she says,
0: time to get ready. So we get some evening shots of Hilltop. The sun is going down. Now it's nighttime and everybody is looking out as the saviors start to drive up. Jerry is still on the wall. He signals back to Maggie that they're arriving. She turns around and says, here we go. And we go to our opening credits. Time to cowboy up. Cowboy up. Um, I really enjoyed that quick scene with the, the long camera pullback from the wall to Maggie, uh, and Jerry doing the signal and Maggie just saying, here we go. I thought it was great. I mean, I've decided that I love watching Maggie do her thing and uh, be a leader and be a good leader. And it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, I think I've said before that watching people on, in movies and on TV do their job and do it really well is inspiring. I think to most viewers. And I think Maggie, Lauren Cohan here is doing a great job with that.
1: Absolutely. Even though Jerry gave the signal to cease fire, that's what that, that signal he gave that's cease fire. But you know, maybe he didn't know that.
0: No, and you know what these are amateur amateurs. So he's thumbs giving thumbs up would have been good or you know <laughs> flash a flashlight. Sure, he's once or twice. He's giving yelled, they're over here, you know anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving a signal, any signal and it's yeah. more just the uh yeah, they're coming, so get ready. Yeah. All right. After the credits, the We cut right back to the same scene, more or less. The saviors drive over some spikes in the road and blow out a few tires. They come to a stop. Many of them get out, including Simon and Dwight. That's dumb. Huh? I mean,
1: it just it's dumb just to start with. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's all kinds of tactical errors that these people make. But the first one is, oh, we ran over these spikes in order that are there in order to stop the vehicles that are coming. And the first thing you do is bunch up all the vehicles and everybody get out and look around. Yeah, I mean, and then nobody shoots at them. Like, what the? Why are the spikes there? If there's, if it's not an ambush location.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, their sort of plan of attack does continue to play out here and I guess the spikes were just to prevent too many of the vehicles from being able to drive right in and or ram the gates, right? If you disable the front vehicle, the road's not very wide.
1: No, the road's not very wide, but anyway, it just, it seemed kind of odd. It was, I think it's bad tactics on both sides uh, equally in this, uh, in this thing. So it's uh, in this situation. So I think nobody's gaining an advantage here.
0: No, but I do think Hilltop has a plan, whereas the Saviors seem like they just were going to drive up and knock politely. Like I didn't get the feeling that Simon really had a plan here, other than to approach and attack, and that doesn't seem like enough detail to me. Whereas at least yeah. the Hilltop people put down the spikes, and then as the scene plays out, we see that they do have a little bit more of a plan. Yeah, so they That's spent, true they spent some time thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but as Simon's standing around there, Maggie gets on the radio. She asks to talk to Negan and, uh, he's not there of course, but she introduces herself as Maggie Ree, the widow, which yep. was awesome. I think that was great. I love hearing her refer to herself like that. It was nice. It's like a code name, right? It's like a super awesome, like code name.
1: The widow. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was. No, amazing. she needs a costume. Well sure, put on a cape or something. That'd be amazing. Yeah, a cape and a cowl of some kind. That'd be nice. Or a skull cap, that'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be really cool. Uh so she does that and then
0: Simon starts talking about the walker that Maggie sent them in the in the wooden box and uh says that they now have to pay for all that, of course, and he's all cocky and everything and, you know, just swinging his dick around cuz he thinks he's the king of the world. And Maggie responds by telling him that they have 38 of their people and that she will kill them if she has to. She asks Simon to turn around or we're going to start putting a bullet in every one of these 38 people. And of course, Simon responds and he says he doesn't care about those saviors. They got themselves into trouble and they can get themselves out. And a lot of the captured saviors are standing around Maggie at this point. So they hear Simon say that.
1: That's not a very nice attitude
0: to take. Not really, not with your own people, no.
1: It's it's not very inspiring for the people that are captured, and it's absolutely not inspiring for the people that aren't yet captured, that are around you. It's like, well, this guy's just going to fuck us over at any chance that he can get. Why would I follow him into into battle? Well, that's a
0: really good point, too. I mean, I, I was thinking about how this affects the the people who are captured, but you're right. The people standing around him that are supposed to join this attack must be all thinking, um, yeah, I'm not so sure I want to follow this guy into battle anymore because if this doesn't go well, he's not going to give a crap about us. Yeah. Huh? Simon, Simon, he's, I think he's fallen down a notch a little bit. He
1: has a little bit and he's going to fall down another couple of notches by the end of this episode, but, uh, it's not looking good for our hero, Simon. No, no, it really isn't. Um, maybe he's not much of a leader. Maybe he's a good, uh lieutenant and able to you know as the tip of the sword to carry out uh the will of someone else maybe he's fucking fantastic but as the man in charge maybe he's not the tar- sharpest tool in the shed no you may be the on the shiniest s- apple on the tree he, you may
0: be onto something there i think he might not be he's he's really good at being a a yes man a second in charge uh but maybe not top 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 on the totem pole Uh, Simon reminds his people that he's with, that they are here to do away with all these people and basically kill them all. And Dwight says that this isn't what Negan would want, but, oh, and he warns Simon that Negan can still be out there and, you know, Simon might not want to face Negan if he does come back after they do this, go through with this killing plan.
1: Yep.
0: Sure. Make him more nervous. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. But I mean, Dwight in a way is trying to talk him out of doing it, right? Not that he, I don't think he really thinks he can, but, and at this point, it's not like they could just turn around either because that would look weird. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dwight basically is trying to say this isn't the right thing to do. Uh, but just then Daryl comes riding up from a side street, uh, shooting a weapon mounted on his motorcycle.
1: Which, <laughs> which is awesome. He's got like a, this little pintle but on the, on his handlebars. That was excellent. I thought it
0: was great too, um realistic, maybe maybe not, but looked really cool, and I didn't expect it like it came out of nowhere, and yeah. I was very excited it was cool that would
1: that would be something that captain
0: America would do he, in fact, we might have even seen that because he rides a motorcycle right
1: in the Avengers movies he does, yeah, and he has the shield, and I think he he shoots a gun right he's one of the only avengers that actually has a weapon uh but yeah, yeah he this might entirely be something he would have he would have done, so this was Daryl's. Captain America moment. That's right. It was pretty cool. Only without the shield. Yeah, yeah, without the All shield. the super strengths. But he's got <laughs> that long hair, which Captain America does not have.
0: No, not anymore. Or never really did. Uh, but it was fun. I thought it was awesome. So Daryl's shooting. Daryl makes it through the gate. They open the gate for him to drive in. He makes it through the gate. The saviors drive in to try to follow him. But somebody inside Hilltop drives a school bus across the entrance and the saviors crash their truck right into it. So again, they have a plan. They knew Daryl was coming and they knew they'd have to open the gate for him. Otherwise he'd be a sitting duck out there. So they get him in and they drive that school bus across. I thought it was a really fun scene. It was a good idea. You know, pretty cool. Maggie yells, now and everybody starts shooting. So that's the signal. They take out a lot of saviors. Uh, Many of them, it looked like, were being picked off as they were trying to run through the open gate, you know, through that bottleneck, and they were just shooting at them.
1: You know what the best part of this was? What? Actual brass being ejected from their weapons. Well, I don't disagree. Um, I think just the whole thing was
0: pretty exciting, but they were actually leaving shell casings on the ground.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it was a good scene and all, but... Shell casings being ejected from their weapons was the best part. All right. Well, maybe they've heard the world complain
0: and they've decided to do something about it.
1: Well, they probably went. You know what? That looks horrible. We should really up our game here. Yeah. All on their own, without the uh, you know the internet going. What the
0: fuck, guys? Well, let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. that's what they did. Um, this is all happening. Saviors are getting picked off. Dwight is hiding in the back seat of a vehicle so he doesn't get shot. Uh, Simon. Of course, gives an order uh, for those in back to light him up, as he does, and a bunch of saviors start shooting arrows into the hilltop, and they do hit a bunch of hilltop people. Others take cover. Maggie orders all the prisoners into her office. Uh, before they go, though, Al, one of the prisoners we know, good-looking Al, he offers to help defend hilltop. But Diane drags him away and Negan is, or sorry, and Maggie is focused on finding Negan in the crowd. She doesn't necessarily believe he's not there.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't you want him to help? He's so pretty.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he is your prisoner. He was one of those people just like a couple of days before. So ah, you can forgive him that hair that, you know, that. Short little beard he's got she'll she'll get to that I'm sure, but for now i don't blame her f- for not listening now. do you have the tape in front of you that scene yep. just after uh just after um, uh he, what's her name drags him away um what's her name uh, Diane drags him away back into the building. Maggie yep. says something to herself, and with the soundtrack i couldn't make out what she said, and I didn't get a chance to turn the closed captioning on. Do you have it there? I do. She said, where the hell is he? Oh, that's it? That's it. She's looking for Negan. Yeah. So I got the idea. I just couldn't make out what she said. All right. So she's tape? looking for Negan. She wants to take him out.
1: Did you ask me if I had the tape? Yeah. What was the last time either of us used anything that was made of tape? It doesn't matter. It's just a phrase, <laughs> and
0: you've got the tape in front of you, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what it is, so
1: tape. I'm going to It's funny. I'm going to keep saying it. All right, I'll stop making fun of you for it uh later. Okay, for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a little bit more leeway here.
0: All right. We continue to see lots more fighting. Uh we've got Rosita, Michonne shooting. Tobin, good old Tobin pokes his head around a corner and a savior steps out and stabs him. But he is shot by Carol before he can deliver a death blow to Tobin. So Tobin is in bad shape. Poor guy. He is. Yep. Uh, Carol runs over to help him, but Sadiq shows up and she goes to continue the fight. Uh, just before that though, we see Simon and Dwight have snuck in and have snuck up sort of behind Tara and Simon offers that Dwight can kill her, but Dwight says no. You know, he doesn't really provide any more details, but we all know why he doesn't want to kill Tara. Yep. Daryl is watching them sneak closer uh and by them I mean Simon and Daryl's suddenly distracted by an enemy Simon goes to strike Tara with an axe but Dwight shoots her with an arrow before Simon can swing the axe Do you think it's one of those poisoned
1: arrows? I do not. You don't think that Dwight or uh, yeah, you don't think that Dwight actually poisoned his arrows and you don't think that uh, Negan or not Negan but uh Simon forced him to poison his arrows? I do not think so. I think that all of the saviors.
0: What well, we know that all of the saviors had zombie gore soaked arrows and bullets and other weapons. Dwight did not, and we don't know that for sure. Except that I pretty much know that for sure, because <laughs> well,
1: you, you just you don't think Tara's going to turn into a zombie. That's that's what you're thinking.
0: I don't think Tara is going to have any ill effects from her uh, her wound, okay. uh, because. She later on describes it just as a scratch, but, you know, uh, it's, it, I think in a way we're supposed to believe that she might be in trouble, but I don't think Dwight coded his weapon
1: in any zombie gore. So it's just okay. an arrow
0: shot and that's that.
1: Fair enough. And you think he's such an awesome master shot with that, that he knew that he was only going to wound her and that it wouldn't be life-threatening and that by shooting her with an arrow that he actually
0: saved her life? I think that's exactly what he did and either he's been practicing
1: with the uh with the composite bow he used or he got lucky. Yeah, well he's been he well he might be better with the composite bow than he was with the crossbow. Yeah. Oh. Cuz he wasn't aiming at Dr. Denise and got her, you know, square in the eye. Yep. So so this time I don't think he's necessarily the best shot, but I think that uh I think maybe now that he's a good guy and i say that questioningly uh-huh. uh that his shot has gotten better
0: it it may have uh but i think he he took a chance i mean if he'd let simon hit her with the axe she'd be dead 100% guaranteed he took the shot and on the you know on the off chance that he might not kill her and uh maybe he was aiming for simon and hit terra
1: yeah was- that's the only other explanation i have is that uh why wouldn't he wouldn't he, sorry, I have a cold and I'm all stuffed up. Why would he not aim at Simon's head? Because Simon's right there and he could have made that shot easily. Uh, so I think he probably should have been aiming at Simon's head mm-hmm. and maybe he was and missed completely. And hit Tara, yeah. And hit Terra. So,
0: I mean, ultimately he sort of achieved what he was trying to do, unless he was trying to kill Simon, but... That's a good point, actually. I mean, this attack is at night. Dwight is sneaking around with Simon, uh, basically with nobody else around most of the time. It wouldn't have been that hard for him to take out Simon right then and there. But Uh, The other side is using bows and arrows, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it would have been a plausible explanation. It would have. Oh, he got an arrow to the head. Shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, damn. (laughs) Too bad we lost our new leader. Uh, but you know what? You can't question that kind of thing as a TV show. They, it's just it's oh, yeah, not the way right. it works. Before this scene ends, though, uh, Daryl tries to shoot at them, but he misses. And Daryl can see someone help Tara, but Michonne shows up and she says that Maggie gave the signal it's time to go. He hesitates for a second because he wants to help Tara, but then he goes with Michonne. We get some more explosions, some more shooting, and there's a lot of shooting out of car headlights, and suddenly it's really quiet, and all the shooting uh. has stopped, and it feels like there's nobody around. Uh, Simon peeks his head out from behind the school bus. I guess he was taking cover there. And in the dark, him and the group of surviving saviors start approaching the building, He, he seems to think, (laughs) yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. He he seems to think that they've retreated or something or are hiding. Uh, So he sends one small team with Arat around one side, one small team with Gary around the other side, he says, to surround the place. Simon is whistling as, as they walk toward the front door of the house and all of a sudden a whole bunch of car lights come back on, and hilltop people open fire on them from all of the windows, and it looks like the cars, and so the saviors retreat back to their trucks
1: with barely one of them taking a hit, from what I can tell. Yeah, and they were so clumped up. It just it drove me crazy. They came around. The, first of all, oh, it's all eerily quiet. They must have left. Let's walk out slowly. Like, come on, morons. They're obviously dr- drawing you in, yeah,, uh, and here you are coming out from behind the bus in a huge club that you could have thrown like a fifty pound rock off the wall or something and hit five or six of them, yeah, right I'm with you i mean i
0: I at least give them credit for Simon you know sending groups around both sides, I mean that's kind of his way of saying, let's spread out and cover this place, but the rest of them. Number one, they just walk out from behind cover straight up to the front door, which, you know, and and the shootings only stopped moments ago. So it's not like they could have been that far away. And you're right in a big group. I mean, one grenade, which I guess they don't have or any kind of explosive. And that whole group is done, you know? Yeah. So I do think this was kind of dumb and it bothered me, too.
1: And let's all assault the walled fortress all through, like, everybody will all go through the door that they opened for us. Well... That seems like a wonderful idea.
0: I mean, they didn't really have any other option. They had, like, 14 other options. Well, they don't have any other gate, any other door to go through, right?
1: Yeah. Well, if you're going to assault a walled fortress, have a plan that doesn't involve the enemy opening up the gate and going you know, attack us through this particular yep. door, please.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. But that's what I mean. I don't think Simon had a plan here. He, f- I feel like his plan was to drive up and talk them into surrendering or something stupid like that and then murdering them all. But I just, I just don't feel like it, there was anything to it other than that. And for whatever reason, he got lucky and they opened the door for them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, wow. Well, I don't, see, I if somebody opened the door for me that I was assaulting, like the, uh, if I was assaulting a fortress and they opened the door for me, I wouldn't consider that, hey, lucky they opened the door for me. I'd be like, you know what? They're probably have some kind of plan for yeah. me going through that door. So I'm not sure I'd want to. They're probably ready for this. They're ready for us. So maybe we
0: should have thought this through a little bit more, but back to this scene, you know, the, the gate opening thing, fine. I I could deal with it because Daryl was out there and they would have had to open the gate for him, but this just seems dumb. Like, I mean, I guess you can't really have them just stay undercover because, you know, that's not exciting to watch, but it just seems so stupid. At least if they'd spread out a little bit more, it would have made more sense. A little bit.
1: Yeah. They're also in the midst of an ambush. Like they should know that. Yeah. Right. So you don't sneak out of an ambush. You just run and try and break their lines. Run Don't as fast as you can. Sit there. Don't go slow. Don't send small teams to go. Go slow and quiet, as Simon tells them. Uh, just run, everybody run. Yep. And go someplace and fuck some shit up. <laughs> uh, well, they turn
0: around and start heading back towards the gate, but of course, just then Rick and uh, whoever he's with shows up. And they fire at them, and Rick just moves through that place, killing saviors left and right, and he almost kills Sadiq, who is still out there tending to Mr. Tobin.
1: And then he gives him shit. He says, stay down. And then
0: he gives yeah, he's like, stay down, I almost like, killed you.
1: He, he was down. Like, what what, what more do you want?
0: Well, I guess he was just reminding him, I suppose. Uh, Morgan, he came back with Rick by this time, I guess, and Morgan kills a guy and then sees ghost Gavin again. Mm-hmm. That's about it. The saviors, they make it to their truck, one of the remaining trucks, and drive away. Maggie and Rick kind of run out the gate after them as they do that, shooting as they go. And she says that she wanted all of them dead, including Negan. And Rick tells her that Negan wasn't there. And he reveals that he tried to kill Negan, but didn't. Yeah. So I let Negan go earlier. he tried. He said, I tried to kill him and I had to, but I didn't. Didn't really let him go. He just failed to detain him or kill him.
1: Yeah, and failed to properly stand his post. He just uh,
0: all around failed. Oh, Rick, 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 Rick! Too poor Rick. You're right. And that's
1: Maggie's uh, going to fire him. I think she might fire him. You're not allowed to do anything anymore. Yeah, (laughs) you know, go raise pigs somewhere.
0: Well, that might be what Rick wants to do soon. Uh, we finally go to a commercial break, and that basically is it for the Savior's assault on the hilltop. When we come back, there are walkers outside hilltop walls, and inside they're cleaning the place up, and it's, it seems like maybe getting ready to go, think, thinking they may actually have to flee at some point. And we get a scene with Daryl talking with Tara, and this is where she reveals that her injury is just a scratch, but they talk about Dwight and why he's different now than, uh, or why Dwight is different than Tara was when she was with the governor. So we kind of got this conversation, which is something a lot of people had been wondering, you know, why she can't forgive Dwight for wanting to switch sides when she basically switched sides from the governor's side of things. Yeah. So I'm glad we got that. But Tara genuinely now believes that Dwight is on their side Daryl doesn't seem to agree, and he still wants to kill Dwight and he thinks that Dwight is basically back with the saviors he's flip flopping all over the place
1: uh well, yeah, I can see the two sides of the argument i'm on I'm on team Terra in this particular case. I mean don't yep. forgive him, but uh you know he did prove himself a bit he did, but he also but Daryl also
0: witnessed him shoot Tara. So Daryl doesn't know what to believe, right? He doesn't realize that Dwight actually saved Tara by shooting her with the arrow, and he'll find that out, and then, you know, Dwight will have double redeemed himself by this point, so I think Daryl will come around. Okay, good. Right. But (laughs) do you think they're going to be best friends and they're going to trade vests and things? I think eventually, if the show continues on, which it seems to, and Daryl and Dwight both survive, I think eventually... Dwight will just be a member of the group and there will be no question about his allegiance and he'll just be another, another team member.
1: Right. And Daryl and Dwight will go on motorcycle rides together.
0: They will. They'll, like you said, swap vests and they'll give each other crossbow lessons and. Oh yeah. You know. A master class. Probably haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because they can both Braid each it. other's
1: hair. They got nice <laughs> long hair. They can braid each other's hair. That'd be yeah. fun. They'll be roommates.
0: They could, they'll They'll be besties. They will. They really will. Uh, we cut inside and Rick is pulling boards off the windows of, it looks like the room where the kids are, where the babies are. Michonne comes in with some food, which he declines, and she offers to check his wound, but he says he wants to finish this first. So she doesn't really push it and she starts to help him by pulling the boards off the windows.
1: Uh. He's using an axe, his axe to do this, his hatchet. Yeah. It's like, I assume that somebody put these boards up with a hammer. Uh, maybe he could use that same hammer to pry it off because I, I don't know if you know this, but an ax is not meant to pry nailed boards off of things. No, but he's getting it done. Yeah. He's getting the job done and everything, but it's not the right tool, Rick. No. It's not the right tool. Crowbar would have been better. Uh, hammer would have been better.
0: Um, but you know what? That ax is a bit of a multi-tool for him, that hatchet. He can, he can do a lot with it.
1: Yeah. I think he shaves with it. You know, I mean, he said it has a beard and stuff, but do you think if he needed to, he could shave with it? That's manly. Like have a nice big beard and then shave it with your ax.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I would like to see that. And if anyone could do it, Rick could do it. Yeah, that's true. You just need a really sharp ax.
1: Yeah, well, you got to, you got to really sharpen. That's part of being the manly part, right? You got to really sharpen your ax and then, and then shave, shave yourself with the ax. Absolutely.
0: And if you can shave your back with your ax, you're even more impressed. Or I'm even more impressed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would be too.
0: All right. Uh, What's going on? So Rick explains to Michonne why he went after Negan. He basically says he saw him at the back of the convoy and he had to try to take him out. So like you said last week, you know, Rick finally wants to kill Negan. He actually wants to do it. And that's what compelled him to try and take him out of that convoy. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. That's good. I applaud his motivations. Yeah, totally. Outside Jerry is digging some graves, Maggie and then Laura come up with Al, uh Savior Al, and she says they can do Al, they can bury their people outside the gates and he's just glad that she sees them as people, which is nice. Uh Laura then tells Maggie that she's a good leader and uh because she saved the community, But Maggie's not really so sure. She says that she only saved the prisoners because Negan is still in play. And she reveals that she used them to lure Negan here. um, And her only regret is that he didn't show up and that he's not in the pile of bodies, she says.
1: Yeah. That's nice that she didn't want to actually kill 38 people. No, but. Unarmed, tied up people.
0: That's true. But she is using them to lure one there who she really does want to kill.
1: Yeah, but is that really that bad? That's not that bad, <laughs> considering she's not. It's not like she's using them as human shields, or she did. She tried to, but she can't.
0: Uh, no, she can't. Uh, and you're right. I don't think it's that bad. You know, considering all of the factors and circumstances here, she wants Negan. I mean, Negan bashed her husband's brains out. She wants to it's get true. She wants him to die for that. True, I remember that. So do I. Uh, bashed his eyeball out, really. Um, yeah. We go inside again. Carol is tending to Tobin, who's in bed recovering. She apologizes for leaving him before, and they talk a little bit about their relationship and why Carol left. She says she was trying to live a life of peace, basically, but she couldn't when she found out that there was going to be more fighting. And he wants to know if she's going to leave again when this is all over. So she basically says that this fight will never end and all we're trying to do is get by to tomorrow and then the next day and so on. And as she's talking, we see shots of Al outside digging graves. We see Jesus finally locking up up the saviors again. And finally, we see little Henry coming across an assault rifle inside, which he picks up and takes.
1: Yeah, you really have to uh, secure your weapons because if you leave assault rifles lying around, kids are going to pick them up. It's a really, really bad idea to leave your
0: assault rifles lying around, especially when you have a kid like Henry hanging out, who's just dying for
1: a weapon. Yeah. That's just, it's just bad. You know, you you have to, uh, improper firearm handling drives me nuts. Yeah, I know. And you're, you're
0: trained in it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, he takes the gun. We go to a commercial and when we come back, uh, I guess we're led to believe it's the next day or later in the day. And Rick is on the steps of Hilltop and he is reloading his gun or cleaning it or something. Sadiq comes by, offers to treat his wound, which Rick agrees to. And then Sadiq starts telling him about a prayer for the dead that he remembers from his childhood. He says it ended with the phrase, do not send us astray after them. At which time Rick stops him and then gets up to leave. Right, so Rick's not really in into hearing this prayer right now. Now it's nighttime again, Maggie walking through the place. People are sleeping all over the, the building, like in the halls, all over the foyer downstairs, just
1: on the floors. There's just people everywhere. Yeah. I've been to that party. It's not fun. (laughs) Yeah, really? The party gets to the point where everybody's just sleeping on the floor. You can't find a blanket to save your life. That's a shitty party.
0: I mean, you just want to go home. I mean, I I would at that point. Yeah, go absolutely. Go home and uh, hopefully it is isn't your home because go home and crash into your own bed. I mean, there's nothing more satisfying.
1: Yeah, and they're all lying down with candles. Like they're like, have candles that they lie down with and just put down beside them while they're sleeping. That's just bad candle handling.
0: It really is. I mean, if you're going to mishandle your guns, at least properly handle your candles.
1: Uh, Yeah, because... Uh, That'll, that'll start a fire. It will. It absolutely will. <laughs> uh, she talks
0: to a member of the group who I believe his name is Kurt. I think his name is Kurt, but I think this is a character we haven't really seen much before. And he says that the doctors did a good job. He also says they're lucky to have Maggie because Gregory couldn't have led them through this as well, or at all, really. Uh, So Maggie's just getting her tires pumped a little bit more here, and that's been happening a few times this episode, but I 100% agree with it. I think she's lived up to all the praise she's getting.
1: Yeah, and Gregory's a shithead that doesn't deserve anything.
0: 100%. This would have gone a lot differently if Gregory was still in charge. We cut over to Tobin, who is asleep but breathing rather heavily. Suddenly, he sort of gasps and seems to jolt awake, but then closes his eyes. We get a couple shots of the time. It's 2.13 a.m., and then it's 3.26 a.m. The guy in the bed beside Tobin wakes up to check on somebody else nearby and uh, realizes that, I guess, he's not in great shape. He's got a high fever. So he leaves to go get the doctor, but as he's leaving, zombie Tobin gets up, and kills him. Very quickly and quietly. Well, he didn't have to go very far, right? The guy was standing in the doorway, and Tobin comes up behind him, bites him in the neck, and just takes him down. Yeah, ouchie. So Tobin, Tobin's dead and has turned. That's it for Mr. Tobin.
1: That's not quite it for Tobin. Well, It will be, he's, you know, yeah, he's mostly not Tobin anymore. Correct, yes, he's zombie Tobin. We can call him
0: ZT. ZT, right. Uh, a A short time later, we have Dr. Dana coming, I guess, in the middle of the night to check on them, and she's attacked by ZT and killed. So, Zombie Tobin has now taken out two people in a short span of time. We see some more zombies roaming around the hilltop, and they all start to enter the main building where everybody is improperly handling their candles and sleeping on the floor. Kurt, uh, poor Kurt, who we just met upstairs, he wakes up as a zombie and falls down the stairs, which I thought was funny and also appropriate. Like if he just walked down the stairs normally, I would have been upset.
1: Well, I don't know. He just walked up the stairs when he was alive. So he's got some residual memory. I know, but
0: he's not nearly as coordinated. So I don't think it's necessarily that he didn't know how to walk down the stairs. I think he just tripped over his own feet and fell down. (laughs) (laughs) right? It's still funny. It's funny. You know, it's a pratfall. It's a zombie pratfall at the bottom though. He stands up at the bottom. Uh, uh, and, uh, we know some bad things are about to happen outside in the pen. The saviors are sleeping and little Henry, he pokes Gregory through the fence with the big gun that he found. And he wants to know who killed his brother. Which I thought we'd sort of put to bed here a little bit because Morgan told him who killed his brother, but I guess Henry doesn't believe him.
1: Well, Henry wants, uh, I don't think it's necessarily uh, revenge against the person. He wants revenge against the group, right? So I don't think he's ever going to quite be satisfied with uh, uh, anything, really. He's just going to, you know, keep trying to keep getting vengeance, Yeah,
0: but he does, he's very adamant about finding which one of them killed his brother because that's the guy he wants to shoot.
1: Yeah, but then once he finds somebody uh, that is nominated as the guy who shot his brother and he kills him, he'll probably just move on to somebody else. Like it's going to be a, you know, it's an unhealthy fixation at the very least. Oh, absolutely. It's a homicidal mania at its worst.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But Gregory tries to talk his way into Henry letting him out of the pen. At that point, Al wakes up, does sort of the same thing, tries to tell Henry, you know, that his big brother died too, and that killing someone won't make it feel better. Then suddenly they hear screaming from the building. We cut inside, and it's mayhem in there, of course. There are zombies all over the place. They're killing people. Daryl, Ezekiel, uh, Daryl and Ezekiel show up and start to fight them off. Sadiq is trying to treat people in there, and Rick has shown up and he has to cut somebody's arm off to stop the spread. It's basically chaos inside the hilltop building. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, Jared back down in the pen sees all this happening and he calls it music to his ears. Henry wants to know if it was him that killed Ben. And of course it was, but Jared says he doesn't know what he was talking about. And then Henry unlocks the pen gate. He's got yep. the key, dumbass. Dumbass. He goes in with his gun and says he's going to count to ten until they tell him who killed his brother. But as he's counting, or just then, Savior Katie, who's another one I had to look up, she wakes up as a zombie, kills the guy in front of her, and then chaos inside the pen breaks out. Of course, Henry shoots a bit, but Jared tackles him and takes his weapon, and they all run out. Yep. So now the pen s- open. Savior's gone. Savior's on the loose. Yep. Prisoner's gone. After a break, uh, we are back inside. Rick and the gang are killing zombies. They stop and wonder what happened. We go upstairs and Tobin is up there and he attacks Bertie, who uh, she was one of the lookouts earlier who honked her horn, but we haven't seen her too much. But Tobin attacks her. Carol comes in time, uh, comes in just in time to save her. And she's kind of struggling with ZT a little bit. She's looking Tobin in the eye and eventually gets a knife in his head. And right after that, the rest of the group runs in. And Carol says, he wasn't bit, but he turned. Yep. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Rick realizes at this point that Negan's bat uh, in his fight with him was covered in Walker blood. And Maggie says, basically, they had us killing our own, right? by infecting us is what we're led to believe. And then Bruce, who Bertie was looking after, who's resting in bed, realizes that he was injured by one of the tainted weapons, we'll call them. And he kind of asks one of them to kill him now because he knows he isn't going to recover. Yeah. So That's well, sad. It's sad, but who the hell is Bruce? Sorry.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs>
0: no. Still I'm sad.
1: I'm sure he had a
0: full life. I'm sure he did. Rick and Daryl, they go to another room where Enid, Rosita, and Tara, I guess, are hiding, and Daryl explains what's happening, and they all realize that Tara was also injured by one of the savior weapons, so she's probably doomed. But we've already talked about what we think happened there, and basically, you know, I know that Dwight's arrow wasn't tainted. Yeah. Daryl says that he should have killed Dwight, But Tara says, don't worry about it. Karma's a bitch. It is. So uh, she still doesn't really blame him for anything, I guess. It's just kind of karma. So outside now, Sadiq is fighting off some walkers and Al saves him, which is exciting. Maggie and a group, including Jesus, comes out and he says he's trying to help. He says some of the saviors left, but others are down there trying to close the gate. Al says he now knows what they mean to Negan and Simon, so some of them decided to stay, even though they had plenty of chances to run. So Jared and some of the saviors decided to flee and run away, and I guess go back to the saviors, whereas a small group, including Al, decided to stay, you know, risking what? risking punishment from Maggie in the hilltop, but. I guess, deciding that they were no longer with the saviors. They were no longer Negan.
1: Yeah, or maybe that was part of the plan, right? You get, you get captured and we'll disavow you so that you can turn, uh, apparently turn and work uh, work the other side. E- you know? Yeah, I mean, there was no plan
0: on their part to get captured, but unless it was more of a general plan, like when you get captured, here's what we're going to do, guys.
1: Yeah, that's what I would do.
0: Hmm. Good idea. I don't think that's where the show's going, but okay. it, would be, uh, it would be a interesting plot twist. <laughs> I'll give you I that. I
1: just don't trust anybody. No, you
0: clearly do not. Uh, next day, Carol and Ezekiel are searching for Henry and Jerry comes along and says he's gone. So last we saw Henry is he was knocked down at night in the pen. I guess, did he go with the saviors or was he kidnapped by the saviors?
1: Ah, he's hiding somewhere. He's in a bush or a shrub. Feels like shit. Ah, Feels stupid. They said he. they checked everywhere and they can't find him, so he's gone. Ah, he's a sneaky little bastard. He'll. <laughs> he's finding a place to hide. Okay. He's still inside.
0: We'll have to see. He's just ashamed of what he did, maybe, so he's hiding. Yeah. He's just really good at hide and seek, and they haven't found him yet.
1: Yeah, maybe he's got a ghillie suit, and he's hiding in the bushes. I don't know. But either way, they can't find
0: him. Uh, Morgan, one more time, sees ghost Gavin and Ghost Gavin reminds him that he knows what it is, and he ends up kind of just yelling this at him over and over again. Yep. So I still...
1: Those voices of the, you know, that they when they come after you, they are persistent. Oh, my God. They just yell at you and yell at you and yell at you. Yeah. And precisely the shit you don't want to hear. <laughs> that's That's what they're there to remind you of, everything you don't want to hear, yeah. God.
0: Well... So annoying. I still don't quite understand what... Gavin was getting at, uh, but I guess we'll find out. We cut to our last scene with Jesus and Jerry digging graves while Maggie and Diane look on. And something is obviously bothering Maggie, so Diane asks what it is, and she responds with the cost being, you know, the cost of what we've gone through all these lives. Rick and Michonne are standing here too, and as Maggie says that, Rick turns Walks away, we get sort of a wider shot of the scene, the end. Yeah. So there's there's the episode. Um I feel like the cost would have been a really good title for this episode. It would have been a good title. Uh more so than the title we got, which is Don't Send Us Astray. Um or Do Not Send Us Astray, but you know, what what are you gonna do? I, I just think the cost would have been a great title. Um in terms of the episode though. There were things in this episode that I really enjoyed, and I would call it a pretty good episode. I liked a lot of it. I thought the action scenes were all quite exciting and good, and I, in general, enjoyed the battle, enjoyed the fight for Hilltop. Uh, and as I said earlier, watching Maggie being a leader was amazing. I really enjoyed that. I feel like I could watch Lauren Cohan do this all day, so... I had no problems with that. Um, When she said, here we go at the beginning was amazing. I kind of got chills because it was so great. I loved hearing her uh, her refer to herself as the widow. And, you know, all that stuff was really good. But there were a few things about this episode that drove me a little bit crazy. And before I get into that, I want to hear what you thought about it. Overall, did you like it or not?
1: Overall, I think I liked it. Yeah. I mean, uh the battle was good. I thought they uh, they drew in the saviors. Uh you know, I love it when a plan comes together, even though they didn't have a uh a van modifying montage uh-huh. like they do in the A team. Uh but I did enjoy I did enjoy the fight. I thought Simon was a fucking idiot for uh uh you know, falling for it. Yeah. Right from the get-go, it's just like, oh, they blew all the tires, let's get out and walk around a little bit. Oh, they opened a gate, let's go in that way. Oh, it's all very quiet now. They must have run away. Let's sneak around. Yeah, it's like no. The time for sneaking is before they know you're there, shithead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but I blame Simon and not the show for that. So that still falls under. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I do. I do, and I agree with that. Like this is
0: Simon showing character flaws, which is which is okay. That's a good thing, right? Not yeah. everybody's perfect, and it. You know, like the, th- the crazy thing is it kind of almost worked out for him, right? They, they definitely did some damage. They got an attack much more than they should have. They, much more than they deserved to, you know? Yeah. They so. achieved their goal. They did. Yeah. Other than so, taking the place over entirely, but.
1: Well, I mean, that was part of their goal was to get in and, uh, inflict some wounds and get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exactly what they did. So, you know, good for Simon.
0: Yeah, good for Simon. Um, the thing I don't like about that, though, is that they had no plan. He, The Saviors and Simon basically bumbled through whatever they were going to do, and there weren't any extreme consequences from it, you know? Like, yes, lots of Saviors were killed. That's good for Hilltop. Uh, but Simon wasn't killed. I mean, Dwight, you know, he wasn't killed. And, uh, he maybe should have been if he was acting on their side or pretending to. Um, and in f- the fact is some of the saviors got away successfully. So I, I feel like the consequences for them not having a plan and just kind of doing all these stupid things weren't quite as intense as they should have been. Right. Um, which I, you know, I, I, it would have been better for me if like none of them had survived, maybe except Simon, but that would have been a little bit unrealistic too. So.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm okay with all of that. Like, yeah. I, I didn't, I can't think of anything in this episode that I'm definitely not okay with. Uh, you know, Simon being an idiot, that's fine. That's Simon's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything else was, uh, was pretty good except for the fact that these tainted weapons caused some zombification all right so that that's what we, we have, have to address <laughs> yes
0: 100 percent. so at this point i'm basically more confused by the whole thing now and i wish carol had not said the line he wasn't bit but he turned because it makes no freaking sense after based on what we know from 7 previous years of this show you know they know these characters know without a doubt that everybody who dies turns so why is she so surprised couldn't tobin have just died in his sleep and woken up as a zombie but she's by saying he wasn't bit but he turned is implying that only people who are bit turn into zombies
1: not necessarily I so think I agree with you, but uh, that, that's what she said. But that's that might not be exactly what she meant. Maybe what she meant was he wasn't bit. He was only injured with a survivable wound, but he turned anyway. Maybe that's the full thing she should have said. Uh, because if the wound was going to kill him, he would have turned anyway. But if the wound was a, normally a survivable wound, but it killed him and turned him, just like a bite would, then we've got a problem.
0: Well, but it's a survivable wound, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to survive it, right? I just don't think she's focusing on the right thing here. I don't think that, um, like, I just don't think that they should have realized that or come to the conclusion that these people are turning because of the tainted weapons. I don't think they have enough information for that, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, but we got to move the plot forward, right? Well, yes, we do. But the whole thing makes me wish that they had never done this stupid infected weapon. Oh God, thing. yeah.
1: They th- that's a this is a dumb idea from the outset,
0: right? Like, we know that. Yeah, and that's I guess that's the problem. But the way Carol phrased it is just like he wasn't bit, and he turned like it's a huge surprise, and I don't understand why. It couldn't have just been he had a survivable uh, wound, but he didn't survive because people die from things all the time that are survivable if they don't have the right treatment, and then he turned into a
1: zombie and he attacked everybody. Well, these people have been living together for years, right? They probably speak in shorthand all the time, and they know what they mean. So maybe she didn't have to say that whole phrase. I don't know, man. I
0: I think, I just I just don't buy it. I don't think that this is is making any sense in the in the universe that we're we're dealing with here. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it it seems sort of dumb. It seems like they're they're uh retconning the whole thing and we're just supposed to go along with it.
1: Yeah. But we knew that was going to happen. So, just, it doesn't, uh, doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay, but they, they're they doing this, right? We knew they were doing this from a couple of episodes ago They, when we saw them, you know, tainting the weapons. We knew that this was going to happen. Uh, I guess we should have surmised from that situation that our intrepid heroes would figure it out immediately so that they could counter it.
0: Yeah, I guess. But what I need is here's what would really help me is to have someone explain to me how this plot revelation doesn't conflict with the rest of the information we know from the show. We've had people smear blood all over themselves. We've had people be cut with, with infected weapons before we've had blood splatter all over the place. And it's never really been that big a deal. I mean, they've mentioned, but, it before by saying like, don't get it in your mouth and stuff like that. But in all this time, you have to believe that it's been all over these people in their wounds, in their orifices, and it just has never come up. And all of a sudden now it's like the most dangerous thing you can do. So I just need someone to explain to me how this doesn't contradict everything we've seen for seven previous years.
1: Well, they can't because it does.
0: It contradicts it. But unless... Unless I'm missing something, unless we're missing something, is there some fact out there that can that can at least take steps to explain this? And I want to hear. I want to hear from people if if there is because I don't buy it, I don't like it.
1: Really, the 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 only real explanation I can give you for this, Chris, is uh that it's a TV show and the producers, writers, directors everybody involved in this uh probably goes yeah that kind of contradicts what we did previously but fuck it it's a tv show who gives a shit well i do a
0: lot of people do and you should because you are mr no Stick i, to I, the I rules. do care I, okay. I just
1: don't think that it can be explained in show i can't yeah. i don't think that it can be explained with the uh uh, with the plot and the characters and the uh, the internal logic of the universe, this is externally fucked up, and it's the, it's the producers and the writers and the directors and all the people involved in the show that have screwed up, and it pisses me off to no end. Mm. I it, it cannot be explained in show, so uh, you know I'm trying to turn over a new leaf here and just let this kind of shit go a little bit maybe, uh, because if, there's no way that. It can be explained, so fuck it. It's just a TV show. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. They there, fucked up. They fucked up. There's no way that I can see that it can be properly explained. But again, I'm I'm open to the idea that I'm just missing something or that, that something is there that can, that can help us figure this out. So I'm yeah. willing to have my mind changed, and I want to hear from people about it.
1: Would it be better if the show, if Angela Kang came out in an interview and said, uh, Yeah, we fucked up. Like, we realize that this is a a mess up, but fuck it, it's a TV show. Would that make you feel better?
0: (laughs) Well, maybe a little bit, maybe in a way. But it also, in in some ways, it would make me feel worse because it would just be them saying to everyone, you know what? We don't care anymore. We don't give a shit anymore. We're just making this up as we go along. And inevitably, your heroes are going to let you down. (laughs) I guess so. Um, It's funny you mention Angela Kang because she wrote this episode. So I don't... Well, it's her fault. Well, her and Matthew well, Negrete. Well, she's
1: the new showrunner, so fuck it, it's her fault. Yeah. Everything's her fault from this point forward.
0: Technically, though, this was a gimple still, but you're right. If we're going to blame somebody, it's the showrunner. She wrote yes. this one with, with Matthew Negrete, so co-writing credit on it. The last one she wrote was The Lost and the Plunderers. Um, that is the episode right before the one that Negan announced this plan at the end. So, um... Yeah, so Angela seems to be part of this part of this new movement,
1: <laughs> Tainted Weapons. I don't know, maybe she's just dealing with shit that came before. Like, we've all had to deal with uh, a situation that isn't our fault, but it is what it is, and you got to fucking deal with it, and you're going to get blamed for it anyway. Yep, I know what you mean. And that's happened but on the show that, before. Yeah, that's pretty much your whole job, isn't it? <laughs> Yours too, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> Mostly, mostly you. Yeah, some yeah, would no. be. It's not
0: entirely my my whole job, but I have had those situations before. You know, you inherit an application from someone, and the client wants you to change it and make it different and do other things, and then you realize that whoever developed this thing originally was an idiot.
1: Well, they always are. <laughs> Every they always
0: invariably, are. yeah. <laughs> it could be the greatest code ever, but to you, this doesn't work at all. I can't believe this ever worked. Anyways, yeah. uh, we have three more episodes. And I don't know if Angela is involved in any of those, but, oh, I was going to say that, right, remember when um, uh, they had to sort of fix the governor storyline, right? And, and so we had a new showrunner come in and do that. Uh, here, maybe Angela hasn't taken the job officially yet, so she's kind of going along with it, but maybe season nine will rewrite this ship and somehow undo all this and put us back to the the rules that we understand
1: well I don't think this is show ending. I just think it's a fuck up uh, that they need to just forget about and move on like if they just forgot about this and moved on and it never happened again, would that be okay? Well,
0: I think I might prefer that yeah I'm just having a hard time right now dealing with it right I'll be okay in when season, by the time season nine starts. Let's hope <laughs> I'll be okay, but right at this moment, this is like the height of screwing things up.
1: well, the show has made mistakes in the past, oh yeah, uh you know we've we've called them out that just you know out and out absolute mess ups yep this is this is one of one this is another one. This is something that they've obviously screwed up. They took something that did not work in the past and they made it into a plot point, yeah, uh, and it's it's not really forgivable, but we probably can move on. And I think the best way to move on is to just acknowledge that it happened in the show. Mm-hmm. Like even, uh, what, uh, what Carol said is acknowledging that this happened, right? So in the show, the characters are going to acknowledge that, yes, these weapons are tainted. Uh, they might in the very, in the very next episode, they may say, you know, this kind of thing happened in the past and it didn't turn people. What the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then, Move on from there and never mention it again. Just leave it as a mystery, but acknowledge it in the show. Leave it as a mystery would be probably
0: right now, I feel like the best outcome. You know, if, if in the next episode, somebody says, maybe Tobin didn't die from it. Maybe he just had a heart attack in the night, you know, and. Yeah, but there was like 30
1: other people that turned from these kinds of injuries too,
0: right? It's not just uh, I well, I think that's a little bit wishy-washy in the episode. Tobin turned first and then he started eating people and turning well, them What about the guy
1: that fell down the stairs? He oh, didn't get eaten
0: right. by a zombie. No, you're right. He turned as well.
1: I'm just saying
0: like if they if they express some uncertainty if the characters express some uncertainty about it, I will feel better because at least they won't know just like I don't know. Yeah. So
1: Okay, it's, let's hope for that. Let's hope like for that. They've now acknowledged that this is a problem. If they just question it and then forget about it, then we're good. Then we're better. I don't <laughs> know
0: about good, but we're better. Uh, anyways- Oh, and, and don't do it again, showrunners. Yeah, please, don't do it again. <laughs> Pay attention to your own show, will you? Um, otherwise, though, I mean, that was a, to me, this was a big problem in an otherwise pretty good episode, and I, I enjoyed the rest of this episode, so- uh I'm curious to hear what everyone out there thinks so send in your feedback and we'll try to do that for uh we'll try to talk about it a little bit more on Thursday if uh <laughs> you have if it comes up yeah if it comes up or or if you haven't heard us talk about it enough already
1: yeah to to be honest and I got to say that I feel a little weird being on this side of the discussion
0: yeah for once your <laughs> roles sorry. roles are reversed feels, a little bit here it
1: feels weird i'm just going to acknowledge it question it and move on it's funny it's
0: funny how things change yeah all right well on that let's take a quick break Jason we will be back with Holy Crap Moments after this stay with us
1: well I got us on a highway I got us in a car got us going faster than we've ever gone before I got us on a highway I got us in a car got us going faster
0: than we've ever gone before
1: and I know
0: Jason, if people like what we do here and they really wanted to help out, what would be a good way to do that? Oh, shit, I don't know. Patreon? You're right. Patreon. (laughs) Patreon would be a great way to do that. And if people wanted to find out more about Patreon, where would they go to do that? Patreon? (laughs) Also correct, but (laughs) I suppose you could be a little bit more correct if you had said patreon.com slash the talking dead.
1: Oh, yeah, that'll do
0: it. <laughs> uh, Patreon, everyone. If you want to help out with the cost of putting on this here podcast, please visit our Patreon site at the aforementioned URL, patreon.com slash thetalkingdead. And it's a great site. You can support creators of all kinds, but in our case, of course, you can uh, support us. And you do that by by choosing a, uh, a reward level, basically. And you end up making a small monthly pledge, and uh, can get a reward from us. And that can be anything from, like, a shout-out on the show to some stickers or a few other things, too, um, including telling us what to review in a future episode of the podcast if you want to. So visit patreon.com slash thetalkingdead to find out about that and uh, sign up to be a patron of The Talking Dead. We thanks everyone. We thank everyone for all your support.
1: That's funny. Did you see that?
0: We are about to find out if indeed anyone did see that. And our first holy crap moment comes from Aaron in North Tonawanda, New York. Aaron writes, holy crap. The saviors are standing in a big group at the hilltop, a nice big target, and nobody can hit them with automatic weapons. How did the hilltop crew manage to miss pretty much all of the saviors? It was a perfect bait and shoot scenario
1: and they effed it up. Yeah, maybe everybody's attending the Stormtrooper School of mark- Marksmanship. <laughs> they must be,
0: because they couldn't hit anybody standing in that massive group of people. So,
1: Except for that one guy. There was one Stormtrooper that actually hit Princess Leia in uh, Return of the Jedi.
0: He It was like the luckiest shot in the history of stormtrooping.
1: Yeah, I think maybe uh, Han Solo put him up to it, uh, <laughs> because immediately afterwards, Han Solo totally grabbed her boob.
0: I know I, you pointed that out to me, and I've I've gone back to watch the scene, and he's he's trying to like prop her up against the wall, and he just totally gropes her. Like it's yeah. quite something, really, when you. watch Anyway, so
1: I, I'm pretty sure that uh, it wasn't actually a stormtrooper; it was somebody that Han hired to pretend to be a stormtrooper to set that whole situation up.
0: That is creepy, yeah. and it makes that me lecherous bastard. Yeah, makes me question Han a little
1: bit. Well, he did shoot first. He's not a nice guy. Han Solo's not a nice guy. No, I realize
0: that. He's not nice. He's a scoundrel after all.
1: Yeah, and we're going to learn more about that because he has a movie coming up.
0: I'm excited to see that movie. Me too. We were, well, and it is a Star Wars movie, so we have to review it on the podcast.
1: I really hope, one thing, I know this is a bit of an aside because we're only on our first Holy Crap here, but. (laughs) Couldn't even get through one. (laughs) What I really hope for the Han Solo solo movie is that uh, I do not want to learn how Han and Chewie meet. I want them to already be friends and I don't want any backstory on them whatsoever. They're just buddies. I think I would agree with
0: that. I don't think that's a story that needs to be told. It's just the way it is. Yeah.
1: So that's my only, that's my only real hope. That's my you're my only hope Han Solo and Chewbacca.
0: Right. Well, let's, (laughs) let's find out, but either way, we're going to go see it and we're going to talk about it here sometime in the summer or shortly after it comes out. All right, next is Kate in Chicago. Kate writes, did you see savvy Simon walk into a clear trap? And why did I so badly want him not to? Because
1: he's awesome and he fucked up because he's a bad
0: leader. Yeah, he's a bad, well, certainly a bad like sort of military leader, right? Maybe he's maybe he should be doing something else for, for Negan, like running an outpost, which is what he was doing up until this point.
1: Yeah. He's one of those guys that are uh, good at their job and should not be promoted beyond that.
0: Yeah, he's he has risen to the level of his incompetence already, right? He's already yeah. there and he <laughs> I think um he's a good talker. He's not a good planner. He's good at convincing people to give half their stuff to them and intimidate people. But he's not Mr. assault planner. Yeah, you got to play to your strengths, Simon. Right. And he's don't bunch he, up, dumbass. He's, he's out of his uh, he's out of his element right now. So let's yeah. hope he gets back into it. All right, Jeff in New Hampshire writes, "Holy crap! Did I not see that? I loathe the scenes in the dark. Almost impossible to see anything." Did you have? Uh, any- I
1: didn't. I didn't have that problem. Usually, iTunes makes things very very dark, but uh, this time it wasn't so bad for some reason.
0: Yeah, I agree. I didn't think this one was quite as bad as usual either, but I. I agree with Jeff that a lot of the times when things are taking place all at night, it kind of pisses me off because I like to see things in well-lit, bright sun daylight, but I didn't feel it was as bad this time, so I don't know. Maybe the the broadcast was a little different, the iTunes file was lightened up a little or something, I, I don't know, but... Uh, Usually
1: because it's shot on film, right? They shoot it uh, The Walking Dead on film, which has a much better darkness, uh, gradients of dark so you can, or black, so you can have the rich blacks on, uh, on film. And when you convert that to digital, uh, it flattens all of that uh, color shit down. So you get all the blacks are washed out and you don't really get a lot of uh, uh, good visuals. But maybe they did a good, uh, you know, analog to digital transfer this time. Yeah, so let's maybe. applaud whoever the guy that did that or woman that, that 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 did that transfer. Yeah, no,
0: I'm I'm with you there for sure. Maybe it was just better than usual. I do think though the film adds the the graininess, right, which people like, but I think the graininess sometimes enhances the low light problems. You know, if you have low light and film grain, that can be part of the problem for me. So. Yeah. Whatever they did this time though, it didn't bother me quite as much, but I certainly don't hold it against Jeff in New Hampshire that he had some problems because even though I don't think it was as bad, I also think it would be better in daylight.
1: Yeah. It'd also be better if we could actually have a projector projecting it onto a screen, uh, in analog form, then we'd be able to see it all, all in its glory. All right. Well, we'll have to work on that. Uh, Not tape, Chris. No. Get it on that the would tape. Make it worse. <laughs> if it was on tape, that means VHS or beta, and
0: that would be even worse. Oh, I wouldn't be able to see anything then. It's like my eyes can't even focus on that anymore.
1: <laughs> I don't see 480 lines now. I just, I can't see it. No, my brain can't process it anymore. <laughs> you know? I'm, like a, I'm like a dog. It's got to be in high definition or I don't even see it.
0: That's right. That's right. If it's not at least 720, good God, And even that yeah. these days. Uh, Chris in Connecticut writes, holy crap, Jesus came back, but only for one line of dialogue and some grave digging. Well, yeah. What is the deal with Jesus this season? He, he missed, or this back half of the season, he, he was absent from, uh, from what? One, two, three, four, four episodes. And then he was in this one, do not send us astray for like three seconds. And yeah, had no dialogue. I got to think that, Um, Tom Payne had some other commitment and he was filming something else and they wrote him out for a short
1: time. Maybe he's dealing with a personal issue. Maybe his dog is sick or something. Well, yeah, but I
0: I don't think that you have enough notice with like sick dog to be written out of four episodes in a row.
1: Well, you just give your dialogue to somebody else. It's not a big deal. Can you, I don't think these writers, that's what, that's their whole
0: job. Well, Tom Payne can't show up today, so we're going to have Morgan say this, and we're going to have little Henry say something else. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's just, why they have blue pages. I just think it's weird that that Jesus hasn't been around at all. And I got to think that he said, look, guys, during this month, I'm going to film something else. Is that okay? And then they're just worked around it.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, maybe he's trying to concentrate on his... Uh... Truck driving is, career or yeah, something. I was going to say, say music career because, you know, all these guys have music careers. <laughs> well, yeah, music career is fine. I'm, I'm thinking more of like, uh, I don't think like truck driving as in like driving a, a big rig, but I'm thinking truck driving is like the Dakar rally where you drive those big trucks in yeah. the Dakar, you know, you know that? that yeah, yeah. That looks like a lot of fun. And, you know, if I had the opportunity to do that, I'd, say t- I'd take some time off work to do that. So maybe he's doing that. I don't know if the Dakar rally is happening anytime soon, but maybe he's training for it, right? Yeah. Maybe he just got just got his truck and he needs to practice and he's driving around bogs here and there. <laughs> not that Dakar rally is in a bog,
0: it's in the desert, but whatever. Maybe his true passion is craft services. So he's really working more behind
1: the scenes <laughs> That's <now>. right. <laughs> yeah, he's working. He wants to be on set, but not in front of the camera. Right. So he's more comfortable with... uh uh, craft services.
0: Right. I can, th- <laughs> you, you just never know.
1: If he still wants to be there, that's, that's smart. That's
0: important. At least he's there when they need him. That's right. Yeah. Well, Christine on the internet writes, holy crap, did you see that? The walking dead doctors have shorter lifespans than spinal tap drummers. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Another doctor bites the dust this weekend or this week. And, uh, Sadiq, he's good God. If Sadiq survives the end of season nine, it'll be a new record. Or at the end of season eight, but season nine would be like unheard of. But if he survives three more episodes, it'll be a new record. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's very important not to give him that orange backpack. That's true. Not let him even see it. I am, I'm going to be really bummed if Sadiq gets killed because
0: number one, I really like the character. I think he's a great character and every scene he's in, I think he's, he's good. And I like what he's brought to the show, but he's a doctor, so he's bound to be killed off, but I'll be upset if he is
1: I think he's going to stick around.
0: I hope so. Gemma in South Wales, UK writes, my holy crap moment was where I literally sat forward and cheered. Rick arrives to save the day with his machine gun. I had actually thought he was not going to be in the episode, but there he was kicking it. Yeah. So it was pretty fun. I do think it was exciting when, like it was exciting when Daryl showed up shooting the motorcycle mounted machine gun. And it was exciting when Rick showed up firing his weapon. And then, uh, Taking out sabers left and right,
1: then tossing it aside when it ran out of ammo, which is nice to see as well. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Um, I don't know if it had, you know, if it had more than thirty shots, because uh, those clips, the magazines, don't tend to hold more than that. But uh, nope. I didn't count the shots, but uh, eventually it ran out of ammo, and he just tossed it aside because that's what you do when you run out of ammo. You throw your weapon on the ground.
0: Well, Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey has our next Holy Crap moment. And he writes, Holy crap, does Rick throw a lot of guns away? Every time he's in a firefight, he eventually runs out of ammunition and then just throws the gun to the side. It makes sense not to carry it around empty, I guess, but his vigor in tossing it always stands out
1: for me. Yeah. Bring some extra magazines. Well, and he
0: does. Rick just throws guns away. Like every time, watch, go back and watch every time his... Gun runs out of ammo, he just chucks it aside. Yeah. It's like, well, I almost want to see him like shooting, running, throwing it away, and then another gun just flies in from the side and he catches it and he <laughs> starts shooting some more.
1: <laughs> that might show up on Saturday Night Live. It should. I think if that, he hosts, can, yeah. Can, you know, you know, people of the Walking Dead host Saturday Night Live. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a very long time.
0: I don't see why not. Like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan probably would do it. And I, I, I don't know if Andrew Lincoln would be into it. He's pretty private in his private life and stuff or, and he doesn't do a lot of this kind of thing, but I would love to see him do that. That'd be great. They could, they could do skits parodying Love Actually. Yeah, that'd be good. All kinds of Walking Dead stuff. And, uh, I'm sure he could do. There's a
1: real good chance that he does impressions too. So that's fine.
0: I bet he does. I bet he does do good impressions. Yeah. Uh, All right. Next is Jenny in South Carolina. Jenny writes, uh, holy mental health epidemic. I get that we are supposed to accept a lot of differences between the actual world and the Walking Dead world, but what is up with characters having hallucinations? The percentage of characters who see non-existent dead people in this series is astronomical and annoying. What a tired plot device.
1: What if all the zombies are non-existent dead people? Well, now you're just being crazy, (laughs) Jason. (laughs) Uh, Because seeing existing dead people's fine, but non-existing dead people, that's a mental problem. Yeah, totally a mental problem. Uh,
0: But she is, of course, referring to Morgan seeing Ghost Gavin. Uh, Is it a problem that we had Ghost Gavin and we had Ghost Laurie and who else? probably some other ghosts i'm sure but yeah. uh i don't know it didn't didn't really bother me but i do want to know what ghost gavin is talking about so we're going to have to get that resolved
1: yeah i mean he should definitely seek some professional help yes you know, rick didn't and probably should have but uh morgan definitely needs uh some assistance yeah, I don't know if
0: there's anyone out there left who can provide any professional help. I mean, Sadiq is a doctor,
1: but Dr. Denise was a psychiatrist or a psychologist, wasn't she? And she is long gone, so- Well, yeah, she's dead. Yes, I get that, but yeah. I'm I'm saying that they're out
0: there. I guess they're probably. out Probably. Yeah, maybe in Georgie's group. Maybe Georgie has a psychiatrist, oh, you yeah. can see.
1: That'd be good. That would be fine. Although- I wonder if that's in her, uh, in her book, you know? Get somebody who's good in psychology because people are going to have some issues that so, need to be dealt with. Psychiatry or for dummies can be helped with anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: you're going to need. You're gonna, people are going to need help. In fact, that's probably the most help that people might need in this universe.
1: But the book is focused on medieval technology, right? So the medieval technology for dealing with people with mental health issues was to throw them in a hole and let them fend for themselves, eating bugs and mice and stuff. And if you can get out of here, you'll be all better. Well, no, they just throw them in the hole. Oh. That's it. That dealt with. No. Well, <laughs> I'm not so sure. They didn't that's... even feed prisoners back then. They just let them, you know, eat bugs and mice and whatever they could catch.
0: God, that doesn't sound like an effective treatment for anybody for anything. No,
1: that's it's awful. But that's the medieval, you know medieval times for you. So maybe right. that's
0: in her book. Maybe it is. Uh, anyways, uh, who's next here? Heather in Kansas City, Missouri writes, holy crap. Did you see when it almost looked for a fleeting moment, like Carol was just going to hug Tobin Walker and let him bite her? I was legit worried until I saw a knife in his head. Tobin Walker is a pretty good name too.
1: Tobin Walker, yeah.
0: Yeah. ZT or Tobin Walker. Uh, but yes, that scene was something and I agree for a second there. I'm like, Uh-oh. Uh oh, Carol's gonna just let him bite her, but she didn't. No, she, it, Carol wouldn't go it that way. No, I know, I know, but it crossed my mind, I must admit.
1: Carol, like Carol's gonna die. She's gonna die saving a child. You're just fuck with us. Totally right. You're totally
0: right. <laughs> Anna in Wales writes, Holy crap, Henry, guns shoot through wire fences. You didn't need to open the gate. <laughs> It's
1: yeah, that's
0: true. Pretty good point. That's And it was barely a fence. I feel like the saviors could have stepped through that fence in some
1: places. Oh yeah, that fence was horrible. That was basically keeping them in by their own goodwill. Yeah, pretty much. And there was no reason for him to use that
0: key and unlock that gate. That don't
1: cross this line. Don't cross this line. Yeah, and, yeah. Or you could put up a you know one of those little white picket fences that you can step over. Just put that around and go, don't cross that. Nobody go out of here. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be
0: mad. (laughs) Not going to be happy with you guys. Finally, uh, Miles in San Francisco writes, Holy crap. I thought when Henry grabbed that assault rifle, the show was setting him up to be a hero. When the hilltop people started to turn, I thought for sure Henry was going to save the day. I was greatly disappointed when he reverted to annoying little kid and opened the pen of prisoners. And Uh I think that's an interesting point too, like set him up to be a hero, set him up to be the one who takes out zombie Tobin, uh, just in time.
1: Well, he might be the hero now that he's hiding. He might, uh, come out of hiding, uh, and backstab Negan, right? He might. He might be the guy that, uh, that takes out Negan or takes out Simon. I think that Henry is
0: gone with the saviors. Um, I don't think he's hiding at Hilltop anymore. Uh, but you're right. Either way, he's he's close to the saviors, so maybe he is going to do something that benefits Hilltop's cause more than, you know, not more than joining the saviors is, which is what yeah. he might think he's trying to do. I don't know.
1: Or he's going to try and run after the saviors and end up stepping on one of those nails that the cars ran over. Oh
0: God, get a nail through his foot and then get tetanus <sighs> and just die. I've, I've I've stepped on nails.
1: It's not fun. Right through your foot. Oh, yeah, right through my foot, like in the bottom of the foot, out the top of the foot, stepped on a fucking nail. That's happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. You need I was, proper footwear. I was six? Oh, Jesus. You
0: want to hear something yeah. worse, though? Yeah, please. When I was a kid, smaller, younger than six, I was toddling along and I fell forward and uh, my nose caught on a piece of uh, a wire fence yeah and actually tore my nose my Eat. nostril open and uh my mom i don't know i don't know the details of what happened after that really but she reacted quickly got me to the hospital they fixed it up and then hired a plastic surgeon to do as clean a job as possible like stitching the nose and you can't even see it to this day although i can feel the scar on my nostril, but Neat. can't see it. But like, oh my God, number one, how lucky was I that I didn't like get it in the eye or something like that? Yeah. And number two, oh, I, I tore my nostril. That's so nasty when I think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is pretty nasty. Yeah. And, and you've had a nose job now, so that's nice. I guess you could say I've had a nose job, but. You've had a plastic surgeon working on your nose. You've had a nose job. All right,
0: fair enough. But it's all my own nose. It's all my own nose flesh.
1: That's what they all say. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I mean, sure, my ass is in my nose
0: now, but it's all me. (laughs) It's it's all part of the original package. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's it for Holy Crap and it for our podcast, everyone. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are going to be recording on Thursday, but we're going to be doing it a little bit earlier in the day than usual. So if you want to get some feedback in, please try to get it in uh, sometime by the end of the day on Wednesday because I'm not going to have a lot of time to organize additional feedback on Thursday. So uh, send in feedback on anything you might want to talk about in regards to this episode, including, but not limited to, the whole uh, tainted weapons thing and what Carol said in this episode. Uh, We want to hear about that, plus anything else you have on your mind. So get that feedback in. And uh, Jason, if people want to send feedback in, what would be a good way to do that? Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the answer to this question, but uh, it, is an, it is a good answer to many other questions. Email? Email would work too. In this case, you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website and click on send voicemail at the top to record a message into your computer or find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Uh, All right, so we look forward to getting all of that, and we thank everyone greatly for listening. So until Thursday morning, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao.